Welcome everybody to the Obscure Security Trends podcast. This podcast is supported by Obscure Technologies and Trend Micro. We'll be concluding our four-part series with the topic of cloud threats. As mentioned in previous podcasts, the topics that have been discussed are available in the Trend Micro Mid-Year Roundup Report uh, provided by Trend Micro. The report can be downloaded by visiting bit.ly forward slash OBS dash security trends. My name is Cameron Losco. I'm a BU manager here at Obscure Technologies. We are a value-added distributor. I'm joined by Manny from Trend Micro, who is a technical lead, and Brenton from Obscure Technologies, who is also a technical lead. Right, guys, in, in the topic today, we're going to be discussing threats related to the cloud. Should we start by chatting about common issues related to, to, to hosting in, in the cloud? Yeah, sure. Yeah, we definitely can. Um, cloud is obviously something more and more people are moving to, especially in light of um, COVID and people working from home. It's obviously easier for organizations to be able to manage the, infra- uh, the, the servers and that on cloud infrastructure. Um, and with that, um, that's provided a new threat landscape for uh, threat actors. Um, and we're seeing a lot of things like misconfigurations um, being one of the biggest problems um, in cloud. Um, people not understanding what um, their responsibility might be in the cloud um, with regards to security either. And so um, those are some of the th- ways that threat actors are exploiting to get into the um, and, and breach the cloud. Yeah, just to add to that, some of the misconfigurations, you know, we see um, inherently, you know, we've, we've got exposed RDP services in Azure by default, right? Um, and that's used for, uh, well, uh, brute force attempts are actually quite common against those types of services. Um, and then we've also got, you know, when we're looking at AWS, um, you know, buckets that aren't secured. We've got publicly exposed buckets. I mean, there's a bunch of statistics um, that we found on a tool. Um, let me quickly just uh, open that up here. So, you know, out of the f- uh, 415,000 exposed buckets that uh, this tool has found, um, 145 of them are publicly accessible with over 2.4 uh, billion files, you know, being, um, you know, uh, downloadable from these exposed buckets. That's quite, you know, that's quite interesting. Um, and, you know, if, we, if we're looking at uh, things like identity uh, towards cloud, if you're logging in, a lot of times people don't um, actually enable, you know, things like role-based access um, and also uh, things like multi-factor authentication. Um, and even, you know, authentication from specific zones or regions. Um, you know, so those are the kind of things we need to have a look at when, when exposing or when having these exposed services. I, I suppose some of that's related to, you know, the misconception that, that uh, you know, if you're hosting in the cloud, you know, that uh, responsibility sits with the cloud provider. But yeah. that's obviously not true, right? It's actually a shared, yeah, the shared responsibility model, right? So um, essentially what happens is um, the, the cloud provider will give you infrastructure and they'll be responsible for security of physical data centers. They'll be responsible for, or for the security of those physical servers, you know, who can plug what into those servers and things like that. Um, but when it comes to actually managing those virtual machines, um, you know, then you start becoming responsible. But, you know, then you get different types of services like maybe, um, you know, hosting a uh, some type of SQL database um, or some kind of PostgreSQL database as a, as a service through the use of AWS, for example, um, you know, then there's other things that AWS would be responsible for, you know, actually securing those SQL instances. Um, but then the data thereof is yours, you know, so you need to, you need to make sure that you encrypt that data, um, you know, and, and that you actually secure access or transactions towards those databases. Yes, I mean, I, 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 you know, look, I, I think the, 
the cloud providers are obviously they they're going to be wanting that that resource to be accessible throughout the internet. So it's going to become your responsibility to actually secure that and lock that down according to your requirements, be that uh, via VPN or whatever it may be. You obviously are responsible for that. Yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. The 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 the, um, the onus for um, securing your data in the in the cloud is definitely the organization's responsibility. Same thing it goes to um, patching. Um, many people think if they spin up um, server instances within the cloud or workloads, they uh, it's the the organizations that's hosting the, the 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 platform to patch it. It's not. It's the responsibility of the organization to keep those servers patched and protect them from vulnerabilities. Talking about operating systems and and the patching and everything else, are there any specific sort of operating systems that are being targets right now? Yeah, we've seen um, we've seen a lot of um, Linux becoming a big target for threat actors. Um, some of the top um, Linux OSs that have been affected are at the top CentOS. Um, then we've seen cloud Linux servers, uh, Ubuntu servers, and even Red Hat Enterprise Linux servers being targeted by threat actors and becoming a big target for them. I think a part of that as well is, you know, obviously um, spinning up infrastructure like this, in a lot of cases, people don't maintain, um, you know, securing or maintain actually patching and things like that on those OSs. That's one of the things. Um, but I think it's also targeted quite often, um, you know, for its uses. Yeah. So you can actually use that infrastructure to scan, um, you know, a bunch of other infrastructure um, and potentially use it as as infrastructure to hop on and off to. So if you're trying to, you know, cover your tracks as an attacker, you're probably going to use a whole bunch of different services and proxy chain, uh, proxy chains or SOX proxies to um, to kind of get to your final destinations because it becomes a lot harder for a organization that's been targeted to, um, you know, essentially find you. It becomes a legal battle and that legal battle can become expensive. Um, so these guys know that, right? And obviously as part of the covering tracks, I think that's, that's, that's what these guys are trying to do. Uh, and I'm sure also the reason why those Linux operating systems have been a target is due to because they're becoming the most common. You know, you're, you're spinning up, you know, Linux environments or, or Linux uh, operating systems within within cloud environments is common. And it's, uh, it's obviously maybe a little bit more cost effective. So companies are actually moving more in that direction rather than, rather than the Microsoft uh, alternatives. All right, and what about container security? You know, let's let, you know how how we how are we protecting that. Are there is contain are containers a target? You know, how do we protect them? You know, give us some insight there, Manny. Yeah, so definitely, um, containers is definitely becoming a big target. I mean, we've seen, um, uh, you know, we've uh, Trend Micro's got honeypots within the cloud um, uh, to see what's happening out there with regards to threat actors and that, and we've seen a huge increase in container uh, threat actors at, uh, breaching and attacking containers especially around putting malicious software within um, container images. Um, there's a lot of container images out there through GitHub and the likes that are open source that DevOps guys are using to be able to build their containers and, and such, and threat actors are making use of that and putting malicious images within, uh, malicious content within those images and, um, yeah, to exploit the, the cloud environment. I suppose the same could be said about like DevOps with uh, and, and code and reusing code from from other locations. We obviously need to, especially in those environments, you need to be able to protect the uh, you know scan the code, um, ensuring that those vulnerabilities are are, are not uh, being overlooked. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's being able to continually scan the code and not just. Um, at the start or at the end, you w- want to be able to 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 scan the the the, the code throughout the uh, the DevOps lifecycle or pipeline, um, so from beginning to end, and you uh, and you need to be able to scan it real time. So, and so that becomes very important having a, the right solution in place to be able to scan the whole DevOps um, cycle from beginning to end. 
Yeah, I think as well as a lot of a lot of times, um, you know, developers don't have security in mind all the time. Um, and in some cases, you might see guys, you know, exposing passwords within code and things like that as well. Obviously, you know, scanning scanning for those types of things would would be beneficial. Okay, great. And then, as far as in the cloud environment specifically, uh, you know, what what are the common malware families that we are seeing? So, um, you know, in our report, um, we picked up and we've identified um, coin miners being at the top. Um, one of the one of the malware families, web shells, ransomware, and Trojan, and then um, you know, three point fifteen percent makes up of other type of uh, malicious top um, uh, malware families. So, coin mining is funny enough has become the, one of the top uh, malware families that we're seeing in the cloud. And, wh- and why is that? Why, why do we why do we think that? So. Um, threat actors are seeing the cloud as a as an, a limitless resource. To be able to uh, mine uh, Bitcoin, you need uh, 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 the best resources that you can find with regards to CPU, memory, and the likes. And the cloud offers that. Um, and so, um, uh, threat actors are able to then um, breach an organization, deploy um, uh, crypto jacking. We call it on onto. Um, onto those Linux servers that we spoke about earlier and then mine limitless resources and, and as they need resources they just keep getting spun up which costs organizations a fortune. Yeah, I suppose because of that scalability. And and talking about the scalability, you know, obviously, you know, the, the threat actor is also going to make use of cloud providers as, as, for, as an attack source. Uh, Brenton, do you know, can can you touch on about that? Yeah, so I mean, obviously having compromised infrastructure, um, you know, from an attacker perspective, they can use that to go and scan the rest of the internet to go and find new targets. Um, you know, that's that's one of the things. And uh, obviously using that infrastructure to hide tracks, as we mentioned earlier. Um, and then there's something cool, you know, that, well, it's, it's, it's actually interesting. Um, but you can do the same thing developers are doing with continuous integration development, right? You can actually do that for malicious code too. Um, you know, where you can start using something like Azure DevOps um, you know, to to combine or, or to compile, sorry, your uh, your malicious uh, files and things like that, and obviously deliver as well. Um, delivering from a trusted source into an organization, if you're sitting there physically with a laptop, is much easier from a trusted source like Microsoft's dev, uh, you know, sources to other than than using an untrusted source. You know, so firewalls might not pick that, pick up on that, um, and a whole bunch of other stuff that you have in your environment also might not pick up on it. No, I suppose you're gonna you're gonna go for the the easiest route in, uh, and and a trusted source is obviously going to be the easiest. And I mean, compiling in. code with um with with resources that you don't have to. It's, Azure DevOps is free, right? Um, yeah. You don't have to use your machine to compile the stuff, so it's quick, it's efficient, and you can continuously do it. No, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah? And what about you know you know if we, we, the scalability of the cloud is fantastic. You know, we we all we know all about that. You know, but that also brings a couple of problems like rogue devices, um, you know, unknown maybe even as well. You know, what 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 can we do to ensure that we don't have uh, a whole lot of un, unknown spun up machines out there in the cloud that nobody's looking after? Because that because that's a risk too, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's become a, a, a quite a big problem for organizations with people being able to have access to the cloud. They want to spin up their their their, their own resources and create their own labs they've again got an unlimited resource to be able to do so and i think one of the one of the ways is again um for um, misconfiguration can become a big problem so again locking down the environment giving certain people access to and creating um, roles within cloud that only allowed to do specific things um again having uh, having knowledge or insight into 
um, what users are connecting to within the cloud becomes quite important as well and having solutions that are able to identify what um, users can access in the cloud and then be able to contain or block users from accessing those specific cloud applications that might not be sanctioned within the organization. Okay. And uh, what about ShadowIT? I mean, ShadowIT's been a problem. It's going to be an administrative nightmare forever. And um, that obviously still poses a risk. Yeah, it will from from multiple you know perspectives as well because shadow IT can can be a an easy compromise for an attacker as well. So if you you know think about this, you just got married and you're posting all your photos on a website for all your friends to see. You know you're hosting some kind of WordPress site. Uh, maybe something like that is you know vulnerable to some kind of remote code execution attack or you know authentication bypass whatever the case is and and if you get onto those sources maybe you can find credentials that can be reused in a corporate setting right because a lot of times people use the same passwords um you know so if you can correlate that back into into the corporate environment and that's that's one way of looking at it also i mean i suppose transferring data you know if you if you know in a in a corporate environment and you've got your your client access lists and everything else you know and you're moving it let's say from your your one cloud storage be it, be it google microsoft whoever it may be moving it from you know, from one, your private or from the corporate account to your personal account, you know, generally speaking, you know, a lot of corporates are just probably allowing or disallowing a specific service, you know, so we also need to look at which specific service um, uh, is allowed in the environment. And then obviously, like, protecting against the personal accounts also being used in that same environment. Obviously, from a data loss perspective as well. All right. And then, as far as, I mean, we've spoken about Shadow IT, we've spoken about OS issues and everything else, but what about the applications? Um, you know, have we seen any, like, what are the top vulnerabilities uh, that we've seen out there in the cloud? Uh, you know, we're also talking about maybe even websites. You know, I, th- I think lots of lots of companies are probably using the likes of WordPress and all that kind of stuff to host their websites and, and obviously their customer data as well. Um, you know, what, what are those top vulnerabilities that, that, that Treadmark has uh, identified? Yeah, so we've identified in our report, we list them. I'm not going to go through each and every single one of them, but we, uh, we, we um, identified the top 15 uh, vulnerabilities, uh, Apache Struts being one of them, um, having a lot of um, vulnerabilities with, within that. Um, uh, Drupal Core, Oracle WebLogic, um, WordPress, as you mentioned before, Solstack being one of them. There's a lot of vulnerabilities within cloud, especially around applications, um, web applications specifically, um, that we've picked up and detected within um, in our report yeah, that we've listed. I think a lot of those vulnerabilities also relate to uh, or, or talk back to you know how devs are trying to make things more accessible and easy for people to use, um, and then security is not always in mind, right? So I think we're going to have an issue with this for a long time. And I suppose also, you know, just you know, maintaining those images, for instance, for example, you know, to go and have to redo that image every single time there's an update, maybe it's not top of mind. Uh, so it comes down to the same thing that we mentioned, I think, throughout the series is, you know, patching is hugely important. And if you if you can't patch in time, at least make sure you've also got an, an IPS protecting your devices. Uh, you know, nowadays you don't necessarily have uh, IPS only sitting on a firewall, something like that. You can actually have an IPS sitting on, on your endpoint uh, and protecting your workloads against those vulnerabilities while you are waiting for that patch to to, to, to get uh, actioned. All right, guys. Well, um, is there any? Do, do we think there's any going to be any other future risks that we are expected to see in the near future? Is there any specific sort of uh, recommendations that you have for our listeners that that might uh, that 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 they might use and be able to action on quite quickly? And you know, some quick wins. 
Yeah, I would read the shared responsibility model if you're using cloud. Make sure what you're responsible for and, you know, try and go and secure those assets um, because you're not going to, if they, no one's going to do it for you. That's what it's going to come down to, right? And um, ultimately, you're responsible for your data. Yeah, absolutely. I think also, um, as we said before, misconfiguration is one of the biggest issues we're seeing in the cloud at the moment. Just people, unfortunately, are not skilled enough yet to be able to understand how to secure the uh, secure the cloud. And so doing the basics, like if you're um, creating S3 buckets or blobs on Azure, um, is to then make sure that they're not accessible by the public or if they are accessible to the public, only allowing certain people to be able to access um, those, those buckets. Um, um, making um, your uh, user accounts and, and, and the likes, making sure they've got multi-factor authentication. Um, when you're downloading your security keys for your accounts, um, don't leave them exposed on your laptop. If the laptop gets breached and those um, encryption keys are found, people can get access to the cloud, so keep them in a safe place. Um, those type of things people need to be aware of and educated on, and as well as Brenton mentioned, the, the shared um, responsibility model is very important. Okay, I suppose, I suppose it, it can also extend to not necessarily what we, what we refer to as cloud, but just like, like server hosting and everything else. I mean, I, I recall a couple of years ago we had a massive database with pretty much all of our ID, ID numbers and cell phone numbers and full names and everything else got leaked because somebody had uh, put a zip file on a web server somewhere. Uh, so also, yeah, I think education, educating our users to make sure that they, they follow specific procedures and policies, I think that's also very important. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Okay, great stuff. So guys, I think with that, let's go ahead and close the session. It was a great chat. Uh, again, to our listeners, um, if you would like to download the, the podcast, and again, we do recommend that you do, uh, point your browser over to bit.ly uh, forward slash OBS dash security trends. That's bit.ly. Uh, that's ly forward slash OBS dash security trends. Uh, and look out for a future series in 2022. Cheers. Bye bye.